Welcome to the True Hope Cast podcast, where we take a deep dive into mental health's many physiological and psychological aspects. This is the show for you if you're looking for motivation, inspiration, knowledge, and solutions in this beautiful but wild world. True Hope Canada is a mind and body based supplement company that is dedicated first and foremost to promoting brain and body health through non invasive nutritional means. For more information about us, you can visit truehopecanada.com. Today on the podcast, I welcome Michelle Rittiger. Now, Michelle was diagnosed with bipolar in 1998. She spent the next 12 years on a roller coaster of manic and depressive episodes with therapists, doctors, psychotropic medications, hospitalizations, and suicide attempts. Finally, she and her therapist found a true hope solution that became the turning point in her story. Now Michelle helps mothers with bipolar disorder learn to live healthy, balanced, productive lives. Today, we're going to be discussing her bipolar recovery with true hope. Enjoy the show. Okay, Michelle, welcome to True Hope Cast. Thank you so much for being with me, for being with us today. How are you? What is going well? I'm great. I, I, it's funny. It's the most excited I've ever been for a new year. <laughs> I'm, I'm really optimistic and hopeful, and and really excited for the future. So I'm doing great. <laughs> I agree with your optimism. We've had a wild couple of years, and I think that 2023 is hopefully going to be um a lot brighter for many different reasons so i'm glad that we share that energetic sentiment that's great um why don't you just an intro please just let us know who you are and what it is that you do awesome so my name is michelle reitinger and i have a blog called my upside of down and i help teach moms with bipolar disorder how to live healthy balanced productive lives wow that's very specific very unique i love that can you tell us like how how you got into that. I, I'm sure you didn't go to your um, guidance counselor at, no. at high, in high school and asked about that. <laughs> no. And it's funny. I don't think even, even a few years ago before I started my blog, I don't think that it would have been something I would have even thought I'd be doing, but I, uh, I was diagnosed with bipolar, back, bipolar disorder back in 1998 and really suffered for a really long time. And in 2002 was when I got married and I, about a year later, we had our first baby and I was really struggling with my bipolar disorder and I felt very alone. I felt like I was going to ruin my children's lives. Like I just had a lot of hopelessness. I felt really isolated. I felt really lonely and I didn't know what I, I didn't know what to do. You know, I, I was depending on the doctors to help me and it just felt like everything just kept getting worse and nothing was improving. I got to a point where I was having a hard time trusting my doctors even, you know, because I just felt like nothing was changing. Nothing was improving. And um, in, sorry, I had to think about this, 2010 was when I first found the True Hope Supplements. And, um, and that was a turning point for me. That was the beginning of finding an integrated approach to living well with my disorder. And a few years ago was when I first had the idea to share what I learned. Because I, I started thinking like none of the things that I've learned are unique or special necessarily. My, I actually was a little frustrated at the time. I thought, why didn't somebody give me a treatment plan at the beginning and say, these are the things that you need to do. And this is the order you do them in. But, and I was left to figure it out for myself. And I was very frustrated about that. And so back in uh, December of 2020 was when I decided to go ahead and start my blog. And at the time I thought, I don't know if anybody's ever going to care about what I have to say, but it was a very, I approached it as kind of a therapeutic experience for myself. Um, and I wrote my blog post as if I was writing to my younger self, because like I said, having bipolar disorder as a mom, and the reason why I, the things that I share aren't necessarily specific to mothers, but I feel like I understand some of the unique challenges that mothers with bipolar disorder face, because it's not just you who's being impacted by it, it's your children. And, and you, you don't have, it's not like a relationship that you can get out of, those children are yours. <laughs> and, and so I, I, that's why I focus specifically on mothers with bipolar disorder, because I know what it feels like. I know how isolating it feels. I know how hopeless it can feel. Um, and so, so that's how I started my blog. And, and as it's grown, and as I've started having experiences helping others with bipolar disorder learn, I realized how important it is, you know, how important it is to help people see a path forward and recognize I, for years, I thought the best I could hope for was just learning how to suffer well with bipolar. And now I know that that's a lie. Now I know that you can thrive with it. I, I live a healthy, balanced, productive life. Like I don't 
I don't really cycle anymore. And it's funny because I, for a long time, I hesitated to say that because I thought, well, I don't know if that's totally true. I don't, I don't get manic anymore. The only thing that has ever caused hypomania, triggered hypomania is moving. You know, for me, I shouldn't say ever, but um, since the last time that I had a true manic episode, the, the things that have triggered hypomania in me is, has been moving. And so I haven't really figured out how to, how to manage that trigger, <laughs> but I don't, I don't really experience anything that is like a chemical imbalance anymore. Like I, I live well with it. That's amazing. Uh, so in 1998, you were what diagnosed with, with bipolar. And so you yes. were, you were experiencing obviously um, symptoms before that. Oh yeah. I, I was a month before graduating from college was when I was diagnosed and I, for, we can go back and look for at least two years prior to that. I was experiencing pretty severe mood cycles, you know, I, and I call them mood cycles. I, I didn't realize that that wasn't a normal term. I think people call it mood swings. Mood cycles was what my, what made sense to my brain because it's a cycle, you know, I would get manic and then I would get depressed and it was a cycle that my brain went through. Um, but I, I, after I was diagnosed and started understanding it better, I actually recognized that I was experiencing more mild mood cycles all the way back in high school. Like I could see, I can track them. I could see. Mm -hmm. And when I started exercising consistently as, as a competitive athlete during those times, I would kind of maintain this hypomanic state for a while. And then after the season would end, I'd get depressed. And so I could see that that was actually present before, but nobody talked about mental health really. And so it was something where I was just kind of, you know, I'm a female. And so I think it was easy to just dismiss what I was experiencing as, as feminine, you know, like, are you having your period kind of thing, you know, just kind of dismissing it as me being a super emotional kid. Yeah. But once I was diagnosed, I was able to look back and think, Oh, there was actually something going on that was beyond my control, you know? So you get the diagnosis in 1998 and then, you know, after you retrospectively look back, you know, you probably had symptoms, symptomology for a few years before that. And then you obviously get this diagnosis and you go through, I suppose, specific treatment for about 12 years. Like what was that treatment plan? Like, what did they, what, what did you work with? What did the doctors try? What didn't they yeah. try? Like, what was that like? Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, I remember it took about a year for me to actually go in and get diagnosed. I knew I used to think that I, that these were moral failings on my part and I would buy self-help books all the time to try and fix myself. And my parents and my aunt and uncle recognized, I had an uncle, aunt and uncle that I lived near. My parents were in another state and they were the ones who finally called my parents and said, there's something wrong. And when I finally went in to get diagnosed, I was actually severely depressed when I went, went in for my diagnosis and my aunt came with me. So she did a lot of the talking because I was having a hard time even thinking clearly. And so she was giving her perspective of it. And so I was actually initially misdiagnosed um, with depression and anxiety disorders. And they put me in an antidepressant and it made me manic. And that was when they realized, nope, there's, she's bipolar. And, um, and I was told by the doctor, I remember very clearly him reassuring me, all we need to do is find the right medications and you'll be fine. And my brain latched onto that. And I thought, okay, I just have to go to the doctor and take the medicine. And, and in my mind, it was, it was kind of like a diabetic, you know, and I, I still like that analogy just because it's been helpful for me to recognize, you know, diabetes, you have to test your blood sugar. Um, and for me, I've recognized, I have to test my symptoms. You know, I have mm -hmm. to monitor my symptoms and that to identify if things are out of balance, but, but it's not the same thing. You know, it's not like you can measure your blood sugar and, or your, or your blood and, and say, you're missing these things. Here's what you need. We're going to give you this medicine and you'll be fine. And so I, actively took medication, everything that was prescribed to me. I, at one point I was on seven different medications and I've discovered, you know, that's kind of the modus operandi of the, of this pharmaceutical seven approach. Yeah. Cause seven they, medications, medications for seven different medications. Well, cause what they'll do is they'll give you, I, it started with um, two different antidepressants. I had a really hard time tolerating medication. And so they couldn't, I couldn't tolerate therapeutic dosages of medications because most of the time it would make me, it would either make me really tired or like I couldn't tolerate any anti-anxiety medications at all. I, every time I would take it, it was like a sleeping pill. It would knock me out. And so I thought I can either be anxious or I can be asleep. Those are my options. And, um, 
And so that at one point they had me on two different antidepressants and a mood stabilizer. And then there were, there were side effects that they were trying to manage rather than taking me off those medications and trying something else because we were having such a hard time finding anything that they were giving me additional medications. Um, at that time when I was taking the, the seven different medications, I had had electroconvulsive therapy during a hospital stay and I had massive migraines as a result. And so they kept trying these different medications to try and find something to manage the migraines. And we never did find anything. It wasn't until I got on the true hope supplements and my brain actually started to heal that the migraines went away. But, but it was, um, I started getting, I started getting more and more frustrated and I moved several times during that time. So I was switching doctors and the diagnosis was reaffirmed each time. Um, I had one doctor when I was in Chicago, I was living in Chicago and my mom, all of a sudden, once they recognized that there was something wrong with me, they started identifying issues with my younger siblings. I'm the oldest of 10. And they started recognizing that there were things going on with them as well. So they started taking them in for diagnosis. And I had four siblings that were diagnosed with ADHD. And my mom was reading through the symptoms and she said, oh, I think you have ADHD. <laughs> and so, and bipolar and, and ADHD have a lot of similar symptoms. And so I thought, well, maybe that's why the medication isn't working. And so I went to my doctor and tried and convinced her to let me try medication for ADHD. And that was a horrible experience. Like it was all bad, but this was like way bad. I felt like I was on drugs. It was not the right medication. And so, um, and, and it was 2008, 10 years after diagnosis was when, cause I just got, kept getting progressively worse. You know, I, I went through two pregnancies, um, and the two pregnancies were really challenging because I had to go off of everything except for one of the antidepressants. And, and so, you know, one of the pregnancies, I just, both of them, I was super sick at the beginning, just physically sick. And then I would, I just experienced a lot of kind of weird mood cycles during the pregnancies. And both of them, I got severely depressed at the beginning. And I found out I was pregnant because I was going to go back on my medications. And, and then after my, after I gave birth with both times, I ended up with a postpartum hyperthyroid condition where I lost excessive amount of weight. Like I, I'm six one and I got down to a hundred and I think I was down to 140 pounds. And like, I looked anorexic. My mom thought that I was, you know, had developed an eating disorder. And I said, no, I'm, you know, eating all the time. And that's when we discovered the second, the first pregnancy, it was pretty bad and it self-corrected. But the, the second pregnancy, it was really bad. And I finally was able to get a doctor to helped me find out that I had hyperthyroidism and I was told not to have another baby. They said, if you have another baby, it'll destroy your thyroid. And the thing that was odd to me is that the, the onset of that was correlated with the re uh, starting to take the medications again. And so I, I started becoming suspicious that it was caused by the hormone changes combined with the medications, that that was what was causing the hyperthyroidism. And that, seemed to bear out because when I had my third baby, I was on the true hope supplements and I had no problem, like none. In fact, I had to work really hard to lose my weight and everything was, I was super healthy. I was able to breastfeed for over a year. So something about that, those medications in my system caused the hyperthyroidism at the end of the pregnancy. But I just, I just kept getting worse. And in 2008, I had a massive breakdown and I was hospitalized three times in three different hospitals in two different states. Um, my first hospitalization was, I was in the hospital for five weeks, but it was over, I think a six week period. And they did a full 12 course or 12 treatment course of electroconvulsive therapy. So I lost a lot of my memory from that time. It was, it was very traumatic. And the doctor in the first hospitalization I wanted to go home. Like I, I was just so traumatized by the whole experience. I wanted to go home and she insisted on putting me on lithium. And I had had a bad, bad, bad reaction to lithium the first time I took it years before. And so I kept trying to tell her, I don't want to take lithium. I had a really bad reaction to it. And she asked me to describe the reaction. And she insisted that what I had had was a psychotic episode, but I had no history of psychosis. But while I was in that hospital, when they took me off of all the medications and they were doing electroconvulsive therapy, it caused psychosis in me. And so she didn't believe me. She thought, well, we've seen you psychotic. And so I think that was a psychotic episode and she insisted on putting me on lithium. And I took it because I wanted to go home. She wouldn't send me home if I wouldn't take it. And so I took it. And a few days later, I attempted suicide for the first time. So it was just, I, and then I would, you know, my husband had to put me back in the hospital 
um, and they released me a week later, no better off. Um, they tried an outpatient program with me and I, I was more depressed by the end of the day than I was at the beginning of the day. So I refused to go back. And, and then I ended up in a, the hospital a third time. And that whole year was so traumatic for our family. I had my, my stepson was, um, let's see, he would have been 12. My, my two children um, that I gave birth to were four and two. And I was having massive mood swings. Like I, I would have, you know, I don't know why it, what it is about mania, but I, I've seen a lot of other people with the same symptom. I wanted to get a tattoo. Like I was constantly trying to get, find a way to get a tattoo. And I kept having people prevent me because I told, you know, I didn't really want a tattoo, but when my manic mind wanted one, you know, and, mm -hmm. and every other day I was going to leave my husband and then I will love my husband. And, you know, I was just, it was horrible. It was a horrible, horrible year. If my husband had left me, I would have blamed him. Like it's going back and looking at the trauma of that year. It's, it's a miracle that our marriage survived you know so yeah well that's i mean it's an amazing story thank you so much for sharing and it's kind of like the pre pre true hope stuff and um it just sounds to me one of the biggest things you said there which which really like kind of blew my my mind so you know you've gone through like 12 years of let's say conventional therapy where the doctor initially after the first diagnosis um said that once we find you no know, so you have bipolar and once we find the right cocktail of medicines or the right medicine for you then you're going to be fine and i just wonder what he thinks or what other doctors who probably say that every day what they think fine is and what you heard was probably like oh my gosh like this is a miracle this is going to cure me this is going to treat me and how different your definition of fine was in that moment and what his was well and and that's why i say like i I believed, I got to the point where I believed that the best thing that I was going to be able to hope for was learning how to suffer well with bipolar. Mm. And that's, I think the prevalent, the predominant sentiment that I see online, you know, I, I got kicked out of two Facebook groups actually that, you know, for bipolar, you know, people with bipolar, because people were asking me, you know, if, if it's possible to treat bipolar without medication. And I was sharing my experience and I got kicked out of the groups. And so the other two, I, you know, the other two that I'm in, I, I don't talk about it, you know, because yeah. I thought, well, <laughs> I, I, they're just going to kick me out anyway. So I might as well just keep my mouth shut. But I see over half of the of the posts in there are people suffering with serious side effects, still experiencing massive mood cycles. And and there's just this normalization of the symptoms of the disorder. And that's really troubling to me because the symptoms are indicating that there's something wrong. You know, a symptom... Like if you look at a diabetic, a symptom of diabetes, you know, you could pass out from, you know, your blood sugar being really off. And that's indication that there is something wrong and it needs to be addressed. With bipolar disorder, it feels like we, we kind of try to normalize the symptoms because people don't know what else to do. They think, mm -hmm. well, this is just who I am. And I hear people say, I am bipolar all the time. And I thought that's, <laughs> your brain is, there's something wrong. And, and your brain is trying to tell you and don't normalize those symptoms use those as an identity, you know, to help you yeah. identify that there's something wrong. And so I think that's when I went through a period where I was quite angry, actually, about the psychiatric, you know, the whole industry, because I felt like, I don't know, I, I probably should, I feel like there's a financial incentive to keep us sick, honestly. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I haven't, I haven't been back to a psychiatrist since 2011. I haven't seen one. I don't need to anymore. I have not been hospitalized since 2008. Like I don't need those types of treatment. And so I haven't, but first 12 years of my treatment, I spent a ton of money. We got in a lot of debt because psychiatric medications are very expensive. Um, psycho, you know, they have to go to the psychiatrist all the time. I couldn't hold a job down. Um, my, you know, hospitalizations are very expensive. And so there was a lot of money spent on my treatment for the first 12 years. And since then, since I got off of the medication and since my brain started to heal, the only, the only thing that I need are my, my supplements and my, I do go to a therapist because I believe that people with bipolar disorder, you end up with unhealthy thought patterns, unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy coping mechanisms, you know, unhealed trauma, those kinds of things that need to be dealt with. You need to, you know, treat those so that you don't continue to trigger mood cycles, but that's it, you know? And so, yeah. so I feel like, 
I feel like in some ways we're being lied to. And I don't necessarily blame the psychiatrist. When my doctor, I I'm the one, I brought the True Hope supplements to my doctor because I was desperate, but I was also afraid. I tried natural things before and they didn't work. So a friend of mine had told me about these who also has bipolar disorder. And I, I wasn't really hopeful about it, but I was desperate. And yeah. so I brought them to my doctor and he'd been treating me for eight years at that point and seen how hard I was trying and seen how he saw how sick I was. And he admitted to me that if I had brought them to him, even a couple of years before, he would never have even looked at the studies because he said all of the education that they receive is, is done, you know, based on pharmaceuticals and all the continuing education is funded by pharmaceutical companies. And so he said, doctors aren't, aren't taught any other option. They're not taught any other treatment option. And so, but because he'd seen how desperate I was and how hard I was trying, he wanted to help me as much as I wanted to help myself. And so he looked at the studies that were done on True Hope and decided that it was a viable treatment option and that we would try it. And it changed my life. About three months after I started on the, the supplements, I woke up one day and it was, I felt like it was the first time I'd been awake in over a decade. Wow. Like it was, it was a weird experience because my brain it was the first time I felt like I could think clearly. It was the first time I felt like I was fully awake. And it was just the beginning. Like, it's funny. I look back on that and I, I, I was still had a, a very unhealthy brain at that time. And it's gotten so much better in the decade since, but, but it was a night and day difference. Yeah. That's, it's just remarkable. Yeah. I, I also share, share your thoughts in regards to doctors and, and therapists are doing their very, very best, but they're obviously all they can do is, is, um, is help you with 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 what they've been taught what they've been educated with right and yeah that that educational process is very much dictated by pharmaceutical companies literally being paid for it in, in universities so it just you know it makes a lot of sense and it's just um unfortunate that that root cause of disease um even in let's just say any conventional disease like it's you know it's, it's bound to have a pharmaceutical or a drug attached to it and it just goes to show how wildly missed just just the fact that once we find the right combination of drugs for you you'll be fine like just that's just a, so it's such an unscientific statement and it's just like you know mix, mix and match what we can find what might work it just goes to show that there's such a massive misunderstanding of not just bipolar disorder but so many other psychological disorders as well and how many how many people for how many decades of their lives are um full of pain full of suffering full of suicide full of hospitalizations um full of families being broken up all because at the root cause of when somebody does go in for help going into a doctor's office asking for help with something that it's just their symptoms are just completely misunderstood and the the disease itself is misunderstood what the brain needs is completely misunderstood and so many people unfortunately have to go through decades of suffering before they are at a point that you were at where you're just willing to try anything because 12 years of of conventional medical uh, help has just not helped you whatsoever and you know you've gone on a bunch of different drugs and you've gone on more drugs to deal with the side effects of those drugs and it just i mean if when you look, look back at it it obviously makes absolutely no sense that that would be any kind of a treatment plan um but then you yeah you stumbled across a friend of yours who had bipolar disorder as well and used empower plus and used true hope products what was the conversation like between you two obviously you're in a desperate situation but like what was your friend's experience and story with her dis-ease and then c coming on to you know using a natural micronutrient formula which is just food in you know very bioavailable form yeah, the irony is, is that she actually didn't end up staying on the treatment. And I've learned since that the first, I think about the first year can be really rough for people because she was on even more medications than I was, you know, she had been treated for a lot longer than I was. She was older, I think by about 10 or 15 years, and she had been diagnosed earlier than me. So, you know, she was suffering really desperately and she, it was the same kind of situation where she needed help, but because of the side effects what, or the withdrawal symptoms, one of the things that's been really fascinating to learn more about, fascinating is maybe not a good word because it's a little bit disturbing actually, is, is that this, the withdrawal symptoms are often attributed to the disorder rather than the actual drug that they're, they're being caused by. And, and so a lot of times, you know, that when you are 
going with through withdrawals, from my personal experience, when I went through, um, it was Zoloft. I was on Zoloft for like three years and I felt like I was asleep the whole time. It was a horrible experience with that. That was the first antidepressant I was put on. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't know to say anything to the doctor about it. I just thought, well, this is my life now, you know, and, and I could sleep anywhere. It didn't matter how much sleep I got at night. I could pass out anywhere because I was so tired all the time. And when I find, when I moved, uh, I mentioned it to the doctor, just how tired I was. And she said, oh, well, let's just switch the medication. And it was the first time that had occurred to me. And when I went off of that thing, that the, the Zoloft, because I had been on it for so long, I had horrible withdrawal symptoms. I passed out in the street in Chicago one day. Like I was terrified of walking anywhere. I was afraid to be alone because I would pass out randomly. Um, it just, I think it must've affected my blood pressure. And, uh, and so it was really super dangerous. And the same thing was true. Like, it's funny because they don't, they don't call it withdrawals, but that's what it is. You're going through physical withdrawals from a drug. And she was going through, she had been on 13 different medications and she was going through terrible, terrible withdrawals. And her doctor kept insisting that it wasn't withdrawals, that it was her disorder and that this, mm -hmm. you know, this wasn't safe. She shouldn't be going off her medications. So she backed off on trying the true hope, but I will forever be grateful that she told me about it because it changed my life. And and so that's one of the challenges that I think um, exists is I was really blessed. I actually tried calling my doctor to tell him thank you a few years ago and discovered that he was no longer practicing and they thought that he had passed away. And I was heartbroken because I didn't realize how rare what I had experienced was, how rare it was to have a phys physician because I wouldn't have tried it on my own. I was so, I was so kind of, um, I don't know, convinced that that, you know, pharmaceutical treatment was the only option. And, and I was afraid, I was afraid to, to go off because I had been terrified. I had been traumatized by that hospitalization and I was afraid of another hospitalization. And so if it hadn't been for my doctor being willing to look at it and then support me in my transition, I don't think I would have gone through it. Um, but that's one of the hard things is, you know, now when people come to me, I always ask first, are you already on medication? And if they're not, I always, I almost insist on them trying the, the supplement first because I said, there's no side effect and there's no downside to it. I said, try this, see if it's going to help you. And then if it, you know, if you feel like maybe you need to go on medication, then explore that, but try this first. Yeah. So many people, um, maybe aren't aware of how powerful like pharmaceuticals are in general, right. And the, the large amount of biological change that happens down at a cellular level, especially if you're using something for years and decades, the dependency, what changes within the body, you know, within, within cells, it can take a long, it can take a while for the body to the recalibrate and get back to, let's say a normal state of function. Yeah. And yeah, it can take a long time. And I don't know what the, um, I don't know if there is a, because, you know, these like psycho psychotropic medications are designed to basically be on, be on forever because they're not going to cure or, or heal anything. So like, you know, if you get prescribed on one of those, I did, you know, it's kind of designed for people to have to rely on it forever. And I don't know if there's a lot of education to, to, to medical professionals about like coming off those medications and what that's going to happen what's that what's that going to look like the symptomology of coming off certain medications let alone seven plus medications like yeah. uh, there's no there's no research done on the um uh, uh, you know coming off and the withdrawal effects of coming off like seven medication that doesn't exist you know um so yeah it's 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 fascinating that that was that was her journey and yeah, what a miracle that you actually had that doctor because another doctor would have just said, no, this stuff is quackery. This stuff is nonsense. Nutrients and vitamins have got absolutely nothing to do with brain health. Um, you have a, you have a disease and this is the treatment full stop. Yeah. 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 And it's been, it, it's interesting. I started reading, uh, the better brain, um, by doctors, Bonnie Kaplan and Julia Rutledge. Yep. Um, and I, <laughs> I've had to read it in chunks because I get so angry. <laughs> Like, as I read it, I start to get really angry and frustrated. And so I'll have to stop for a little bit and kind of mm. get, you know, resettle myself. And then I go back to it because I, I want to read it. I want to understand better the research that's actually been done. But at one point in the book, um, these doctors were talking about how they'd done some small studies and they were ready to do larger studies. And up in Canada where they were, they had doctors, not only were the doctors not giving them, you know, referrals to help them, but they had people actually actively working against them to prevent them from finding people to help them. 
And it's just mind boggling to me. I, I don't, I cannot understand it. I don't understand. Well, one of the things that I've noticed is that people become very attached to their concept of what bipolar disorder is and what it looks like and how, you know, how that works. And from my, from my experience, I've had some really excellent doctors that I felt like were really honestly doing the best that they could. They, they really wanted me to, to be healthy, but they don't really understand what it feels like. And it's a very clinical approach to it. You know, it's a very detached clinical approach to treating somebody. And the problem that that creates is that it, it puts you in a position of you being the patient that is that you are having to listen to the expert. The expert is telling you what to do and you have to listen to them because you don't feel like you can trust your own mind. But, but they don't know what you're feeling. They don't know what it feels like. They don't know what your mind is doing. They don't know what the experience is. And so it's really hard to have, you know, doctors that are dismissive about like side effects. I had times when I had side effects where I couldn't feel anything. And, and the, the way that that ex, the experience is, if you've never gone through that before, it feels hard to want to live when you're like that. Cause you're like, what's the point of living if I cannot feel anything, mm-hmm. the absence of feeling a lot of depression is not sadness. The, the, a lot of depression is the absence of any kind of emotional feeling at all. Interesting. And that's a horrible, that's why a lot of people start to feel like suicide is the only option because you feel like if this is my life, I don't want to do it anymore. Like I don't, I don't want to keep living this way. So, yeah, that's such a key part of human existence is being able to feel, being able to connect with other people, with your environment, with nature and all of these things. And once that has been taken away from a lot of people, yeah, it's like, you know, if I'm not connected to anything, then what's the point? You know, that's, that's, I never, never thought about it like that before. I've never had those experiences. So that's very, it's very, very fascinating insight. Thank you for sharing that. And people, Uh, one other, sorry, one other thing I was going to, I realized I forgot to say is that I've, I've noticed that there is a lot of emotional attachment to the idea that, that like bipolar becomes an identity. Um, And, and the idea of not having that identity anymore makes people feel insecure. And so, and the, and the problem that creates is that, that it prevents, it, it creates a barrier to, to doing the work, to learn how to live well, to learn how to heal and learn how to live balanced and stay in maintenance mode. And so that's also been a challenge, you know, and I think the doctors and a lot of the therapists, the experiences that I had tended to create this kind of almost self-centered approach to treatment that kind of dismissed the way that it affected everybody else. You know, they're kind of saying, well, everybody else needs to support you and, and they need to understand you and that. And I, part of me was rejecting that when it was happening because I thought, well, yes, it's not my fault that I'm going through this, but it's not my husband's fault either. And it's definitely not my children's fault and they don't deserve to suffer. And I kept being really troubled by the way that the approach to treatment was requiring everybody around me to just suffer. And that was, that was one of the things that towards the end got me to a point where I just thought I, there's gotta be a different way. This can't be the end. This cannot be the only, the only answer because my marriage would not have survived. And I don't know what my kids' lives would have been like. Yeah. I mean, just, just going back to when you were talking about Julia Rutledge and, and Dr. Bonnie Kaplan, they're both incredible researchers and scientists that yeah have that, have that book out that's quite recently out and um, it's a, it's an incredible read. And we had Dr. Bonnie Kaplan on the show last year and, she was telling us about her and you know, when she was beginning this type of research looking in micro looking at micronutrients as a treatment for psychological disorders and you know this is back in the 60s and 70s where you know she was probably being laughed out of universities for such a preposterous notion right when you know she was obviously right all along um now that's a very interesting episode which i can link into this one and then there's another episode because you were talking about um no people actively attempting to quash the research even quash the questioning you know we can actually look at what our um, government health authorities are you know what's their primary role got two amazing episodes with lawyer sean buckley where he really does go into in depth into health canada and what their actual role is you would assume that health canada is designed to take care of the health of canadians and that you would think that the you know the nih and the cdc and all, all these authorities in, in the states they're designed to try and keep people healthy but you know you can just look at the state of of individuals on like an average but you know we're the sickest we've ever been and it's quite uh it's quite interesting that they're quite wild links to 
pharmaceutical companies and how it's more about policing and making sure that um, these international patent laws on pharmaceuticals are being protected more than the health of health of nations. So yeah, it's certainly there's certainly some sketchy things going on with that. And I think if you couple that with the, I think ignorance of medicine where we believe we understand so much of the human body especially the brain let's say we learn we know about 0.1 percent of what the brain actually is what it does the capabilities and all of those things and just to think that we can um you know look at we can look and hear and listen to an individual tick boxes and that's you know you tick the boxes of bipolar that's what you have that's what you are and then you just fill that with treatment it just goes to i mean that's a completely in my opinion the completely unscientific process of trying to help heal somebody and if yeah. you're not looking at the root cause of that type of disease state or the disease state of an individual you know so many people go uh, misdiagnosed or undiagnosed for years then you know it ends up being just a really lazy unscientific process that just really um you know, pushes people into being consumers of ph pharmaceuticals for their whole lives yeah. rather than stepping out into a world of of joy and happiness being pain-free having more energy than you know what to do with and it's only unfortunately a handful of people that um come by a chance conversation with a friend who has tried something different and you're in such a desperate situation that you try and do that though those are circumstances um that are very very rare that people ever get to to partake in and i'm so blessed michelle that you're able to that your circumstances led you in that direction and now that you're you know you're 12 years you've been using the true hope supplements and maybe you can tell us a little bit about like the past 12 years when you know you said that even quite shortly after beginning them um so when you started taking them were you or were you on the seven medications what was the experience of coming off those so um i Oh, so there was, there was one other supplement that I had tried. Um, and it, when I started taking, I'm super, super sensitive to medication. And so when I started taking this other supplement, I started feeling over-medicated and I was telling my doctor about it. And he asked me about the, you know, what the symptoms were that, of the over-medication and helped me titrate, start titrating down off of some of the medications. Cause I just didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then I, when I found the true hope supplements, I was on four medications at that time. And, and so we went through the process and I, I, it's been a long time, but I think, that, I think I was taking amino, I want to say, is it, is there like amino boost or something like that? There's an amino acid. Um, yeah. Free aminos. Yeah. And so I was, I, that was true hope was walking me through that process. Cause my doctor didn't know the, the protocol for, you know, for this. So he was helping me on the medication side, as far as titration down on the medications went. And then true hope was helping me on the other side of it on what meant, what supplements to take. And, and, um, and so it just was a gradual process. And I, and most of the time it was led by me because I could feel the overmedication. Like I could start to feel when, when I had too much medication in my system. And so I was, it was, I was saying, okay, I think I've got too much medication. And then I would titrate back down. Um, and, and it was about three months in was when I started to feel a difference. And at the time it was like, I, at the time I felt like I was cured. Like, I mean, Oh my gosh, I'm all better, you know, because it was such a dramatic change from what I, and I remember the first, the first uh, time that I had an anxiety attack after I got onto these and got to this point and I was consciously aware of what was happening. I all the tools that I'd learned in therapy, I could never actually apply because there was so much going on with mm -hmm. my, the medication and my, my brain chemistry and that, that, I would try to apply them, but I, I didn't feel like I had any control. Like I would have anxiety attacks that would just get out of control. I would feel, I would be like dry heaving and you know, I couldn't breathe and it felt like a heart attack, you know? And this, this time that I had it happen, I was consciously aware of what had triggered it. And that was an irrational response. And I was able to do some breathing exercises and get myself back to a normal space. And I called my husband, like freaking out. I'm like, is this what normal people do? You know, I was like, wow, you know, I can actually use the tools that I learned. And, and then, but one of the things that I, I always caution people um, with the true hope supplements is that psychotropic medications can stain your soft tissues for up to 10 years. And so when you go through really stressful experiences or those kinds of things, it can cause those medications to release back into your system. And if you don't need them anymore, it can actually cause the symptoms that it was meant to prevent. And that what that looks like is I'm getting sick again. 
And so the, the times that this happened, the two, two things that would trigger this in me over the following decade were moves. When I would move and I'd get under a lot of stress because of the move, that would trigger that, that kind of reaction in me. And I would call true hope thinking, you know, kind of freaking out and thinking, you know, oh my gosh, it's not working anymore. What's happening. And which is a normal thing for somebody who's been treated for bipolar for a long time, medications will stop working. And so mm-hmm. I, that's what I thought was happening. And that was when they told me, you know, no, what you're experiencing is a your medication, the psychotropic meds are releasing back into your system. We just need to get them out. And so I would work with them and they would, you know, it was um, whey protein isolate was what they would have me drink a lot of that. And that helped to flush that medication out of my system. Um, and then the other thing is, is that it, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to find the right combination of, of micronutrients for your body. So I, I started on the true hope supplements. And then over time, we started to recognize that I needed um, to make sure I was taking a probiotic because I kept having candida issues. And so taking a probiotic consistently was helping my gut to stay healthy so my body could absorb the nutrients. And then um, we also discovered that I need extra vitamin D. You know, I would, I would kind of have like this mild depression if I wasn't outside all the time. And it was just a vitamin D deficiency. And so they added that in. And then one other symptom that I kept experiencing was kind of agitation. Like I would get angry really easily. And that's when I, and I finally, it's funny because it took a long time for me to recognize, like when you, when you experience a symptom, call true hope right away, they will help you. (laughs) And so I would, I finally called them and said, I have this problem all the time and I don't know what to do about it. And they said, oh, you need salmon oil. (laughs) So I take like a massive dose of salmon oil every day, but now I'm like on, I feel fine. Like I feel super healthy and I'm even more excited because I've been taking true hope since 2010 was when I started and they've improved the formula twice since then. And each time, like I can feel a difference in my brain. And this most recent one, I was so excited because when I first started, I think I was on between 12 and 16 pills a day, which I was taking lots of medication before. So it didn't seem like a big deal, but then I was super excited when they improved it. And I was only down to between six and eight pills a day. And then this last September, they changed it. And now I'm only on two a day, which is just like miraculous. And I feel better. Like my brain feels healthier than it's ever felt. And I feel normal. I feel like this is what healthy feels like. This is what it's supposed to feel like. So, so since you've been taking true hope products for the last 12 years, can you remember the last time you felt so good? You mean like I feel now or I don't know. Like in your, I mean, you, you obviously your journey through bipolar started when you were quite young, you know, 1998. I don't don't think I've ever felt this way. And, and part of it is, um, I mean, it's hard to, my mom, I was talking to my mom a a few years ago and she said that she noticed some mood, mood issues when I was little, Mm -hmm. like when I was about five, she remembered thinking, you know, being worried about how I would get really sad about things, you know, seemingly like unusually sad about things. So I don't know that I've ever been totally healthy. I don't know that my brain has ever been totally healthy. I went through periods when I was, you know, a competitive athlete. And I think I mentioned before that I would get kind of hypomanic and that's what I thought a healthy brain felt like. And it took, and it actually took a long time for me to figure out how to stop triggering hypomania in myself, not because my brain was unhealthy, but because my brain had kind of learned that way of existing. And, um, and so learning how to, how to keep things in balance and keep things healthy. But the problem is, is if your brain is not healthy, all the self-help tools in the world are not going to help you. And so that was the, that was the most important thing for me was getting my brain healthy and then, then I was able to work with a therapist to unlearn all of the unhealthy coping mechanisms I developed, the unhealthy thought and behavior patterns, going back and healing unhealed trauma. And so getting myself emotionally healthy with the help of a therapist. And so now I'm at a point where, you know, I, I, I don't really have triggers anymore. You know, every once in a while I'll have like, I, I, uh, about a month ago, yeah, about a month ago, Um, I had somebody challenge me online, you know, saying that they were the expert on treating bipolar disorder and, and that it wasn't possible to treat bipolar disorder without medication and that the true hope supplements are not for people with bipolar disorder and that they cause mania. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I, and I had like an overreaction to it. I had a trauma response to it. And I thought, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know why I'm having such a bad reaction to this. Like, logically, I know this is not, I don't, I don't care what she says. Like, I know that's not true. But I realized it was unhealed trauma from the hospitalizations. And so 
the only time that I have those things happen now is just, I know that it's emotional baggage from prior experiences and not anything to do with my brain chemistry. So I just work with a therapist, process it, heal it, and then I move on with my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me that somebody who was going through manic episodes or going through like symptoms, significant symptoms in kind of like a moment, it'd be very difficult to access parts of your brain, your rationale and the skills you've learned in therapy. You wouldn't literally wouldn't be able to access them to have the thoughts to put them into action. But yeah. when you're, you know, taking a, a micronutrient formula that works, you are able to like take a breath and take the step and access those tools and be able to think, oh, okay, this is, I'm, ha I'm feeling like this because this has just happened. And you're actually yeah. going through a completely different um, brain pathway rather than being completely overwhelmed by the symptoms and you're actually able to control them. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And that's awesome. And, you know, I, I, I noticed that, I mean, I, I don't have a diagnosis or anything, but, you know, I take, I take Empower Plus and, in and free minos to optimize my health to feel even better than I can be. And when I miss a day or a couple of days, I, I notice I notice that my um my patience towards especially my two young kids is is just not there. And I just like, oh, okay, I'm 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 feeling like this and thinking like this because I'm not taking my Empower Plus and then I'll take it. But I'm having that rationale rather than just like being impatient and getting angry and being rageful, you know, rather than just like being completely overflowed with my emotions, I'm able to like understand it better, which is just, just awesome. Um, before we finish up, can you, if can you give me, like, what would you say to people who, um, who are in similar situations to you? Let me put this. So like somebody who's been diagnosed with a, you know, a psychological condition such as bipolar and they've been on medication for quite some time and they they're not they're not thriving they're not you know then I, mean, I don't think anyone really thrives when they're on a the bunch of medications you know they end up you know like li living with the suffering and that ends up being their personality and that's like that just ends up being their, their complete being which is super super sad and unfortunate so what would you say to those individuals First of all, you can learn how to live well with bipolar disorder. It's, it is not necessary to spend the rest of your life suffering. That's not necessary. But you have to be willing to do the work. And some of the work is, uh, you know, transitioning off of medications onto, onto treatment and going through the process of healing from that. That wasn't an easy thing to do, but we already knew hard. My, my, you know, my husband and I already knew what hard was. We already had, were living a hard life. Living with bipolar disorder already is hard. Your life is just hard as it is. So we recognized that the, pursuing the path to wellness was going to be hard, but it was eventually going to become easier. And so I think that that's the first thing that I would say is that do be willing to do the work to get healthy. Be willing to stick with it and make sure that you develop a support system. That's one of the other things that I think is, is a lot of times challenging because with bipolar disorder, a lot of times you burn bridges with people and, and you may not have, you know, feel like you feel isolated in that, but you can develop, you know, I have, like I developed, I started a online a Facebook group for moms with bipolar disorder that want to learn how to live well with it, you know, to create a community of support. So look for support from like-minded people. Look for support from people that are, are trying to live well, that aren't, aren't satisfied with just suffering for the rest of their lives. And then, you know, pursue the path to wellness. You have to, it's, it's a path and there's pieces to it. You know, for me, it was getting on the, the supplement and letting my brain heal. And I, I had tried all the other self-help tools before, but it, what, they didn't work until I was giving my brain what it needed to be healthy. And then I was able to start healing with therapy and start using mindfulness meditation effectively and exercising, you know, doing all the different things. And so it's taken time, you know, the past 12 years have been, have been a journey. It's been a process, but, but keep being willing to work at it. You know, don't, don't feel like it's, it has to be, that's, I think one of the reasons why so many people keep taking, taking medication is they're just hopeful that the next medication is going to be the one, the next medication will be the one. And, and you just kind of get stuck in this downward spiral of, you know, of the medication path that, that really doesn't lead to any, anywhere, but some more suffering. Yeah. And that just goes to show that everyone wants to get better. Everyone wants to be hopeful. Everyone wants to, you know, not, not feel 
suffering and pain and all of these things like you know people are always hopeful for that next thing that might help them and what you just said there about all the other factors that go into mental health and healing so important because you know you can take all the you can take the best supplements on the planet um but if you're not doing the rest of the other things that encapsulate mental health and well-being then you're not going to get where you want to go i think that empower plus is an incredible way to support your brain to be able to even think about exercising eating better uh thinking clearer having clearer rationale you know like all these other things that are so vital for brain health it's not you know we have this culture that wants like one pill for every ill and we just want to take one thing that's going to take care of everything unfortunately it doesn't exist but we do have a product here that is absolutely proven 35 medical publications to its name from you know a dozen universities around the world um you know it's one of the most studied micronutrient formulas on the planet and for good reason because it gives people hope and it's a true hope that allows people to step into um the light step into a pathway unlift the veil of darkness that they've been living in for so long and give people an option to start feeling awesome like they want to and like they deserve right absolutely <laughs> well on that beautiful note michelle thank you so much for coming on the show this was amazing i when i do when i do these amazing podcasts i always write like little time stamps for like a, you know a good hook i've written nine time stamps for this that's <laughs> like seven more than usual so this is an amazing episode i'm so glad that we did this i'm so glad to get this out and it's going to help out so many people can you let us know where people can connect with you and um your facebook group yeah, my, uh, my website is www.myupsideofdown. And then I'm also found on Instagram and Facebook at myupsideofdown. And then my my mom's group on Facebook is uh, Bipolar Moms Learning to Live Well. And that's linked in my on my website. So it's really easy to find. Beautiful. Well, I'll make sure that all of that information is in the show notes so people can connect with you and join those groups. I think it's super valuable that... Um, we actually have these support mechanisms. It's actually a really positive thing about social media is that you can connect from all over the world and, and connect with people that are looking for support, advice, education, tips, etc. So thank you so much again for being you, for being awesome, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Well, that is it for this very, very special, awesome episode of True Hope Cast, the official podcast of True Hope Canada. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't yet. You can also leave us a review, a review on iTunes if you want to. Uh, but that is it. We'll see you next week.